0: to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. I, I'm going to be talking this morning about something that is, is probably one of the most important uh, messages that you will ever hear concerning your life in general. And this is very important because what we've done is this past few weeks, we've gone over the information concerning the enemy, Satan, the devil. Amen? And in that, we recognize words that showed us truth about who he is, not what Hollywood thinks, but truth. We saw how when you break down the language, the Greek language, how it shows us this picture of attack. And when you have an understanding, when you have the information of how your enemy attacked, that's pretty simple to go to battle uh, when you know they're gonna come down this row. They're not going over there, they're gonna come straight down this way. So that gives you uh, an, an empowered feeling against your foe, your enemy. And so in that, we're going to this next phase, and that is our personal lives in the area of overcoming, having victory of, or finding areas in our lives that have caused us to be filled with anxiety or fear or panic or things like that. Things that, that, have, that, that have affected you in a way that, that have totally, totally got you in a position of oppression, worry, something that not is you got scared because someone walked around the corner and almost jumped in front of you. I'm talking about something that is controlling your life or something that is trying to convince you of something other than what's true. And we need to have victory and we need to have the ability to overcome all. Everybody say overcome all. That's what God's word says. He wants us to overcome all, that's everything. And so in this, we're looking at what, it, what is it that the enemy, in, in all his actions and all his ways, what is he really trying to do? And we understand what that truth is as far as Scripture, and that is to control you. Control you. That's it. And that's exactly what God wants you to do, to be able to control Now, in the area of control, I'm not talking about choice because the devil can't make you choose and God can't make you choose. So I'm not talking about the ability to control you without no no say of your life by yourself. What I'm saying is, is as a person thinks, as a process thought, it is who they become. It's who they are. And what we need to understand is, is what does the Bible teach us? Because it teaches us so much about this subject. And a lot of Christians, most Christians don't even know this stuff, or they know this stuff's in there, but they have a wrong interpretation or understanding of it. In other words, they look at these things and define it in a religious terminology or religious actions to combat something, which is not biblical and it doesn't work. So what I want is, I want the truth. I want to know what does God's word say about these things, all right? Let me, let me start off by three things or, or three different times that this has affected, affected me in the area of having anxiety or panic or fear. The, the first one that I experienced is, is when um, my first missions trip, we were, we were flying to Guatemala on Aviateca Airlines. It's no longer in service. It's a Guatemalan airline. So, you know, you go on that. It's like, you know, do I have to sit with pigs and cows or what? But it's not it's just not it's not like a great airline. It was their airline. And so just in the back of my head, I'm going, wow, this is going to be faith just getting on this plane. But it was the cheapest thing. And when you do youth ministry, you do cheap. I mean That's what you do. And so we're on this plane. We're flying into, you know, from, we're going from, this is from Houston to Guatemala City. In the flight, about three quarters of the way there, there's turbulence. And I mean, turbulence that just bounce around. And then all of a sudden, the, the plane literally drops over 200 feet. People freaking out. Stewardess are freaking out. I mean, it is the most. I don't know if you've ever been in one of those where it just drops and continues to drop. That is crazy. That's an ugly feeling. I was surprised in my reaction more of. I didn't scream. I didn't say, "Oh God, we're gonna die." Uh, everybody else was, but but in that sense, I saw myself grip, tighten up, and just say, "You know, I was going, Jesus, you know." Uh, we're going we're gonna to get through this, and not exactly in that sentence, but all kinds of different words are coming around except cuss ones. So I'm sitting there going through that, and all of a sudden we stop, and we get back, and the, and the, air, the, the captain of the airline gets on, and, you know, in his broken English, he says, you know, sorry. <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're, we're going through some turbulence. And we're like going, no, duh, you know. <laughs> Um, but it was it was so ugly. Now, why is this an issue? Because we had to fly back on the same airline. We are going in a time in July when, you know, how the monsoons happen and it storms there. And so no matter what, it's a time where there's going to be thunderstorms and clouds and turbulence. It's always been that way when I go on a missions trip in the summer. So you're always dealing with this. And so we had to come back on that plane. And I saw kids that have experienced seeing over a thousand people saved, people healed, people set free. And on their faces, I've seen most of them in fear. And I thought to myself, how how do you overcome this? How, How do we have victory over this stuff? So we gathered together, and I said, let's pray, and and let's take authority, and let's agree together that no matter what, on this plane, we're going to get to where we need to go. It's going to get there, And, and not to have fear, not to concern yourselves if there's turbulence, but to know we're going to get there, and I saw that there was a really relaxed, but I could tell there was still tenseness. I could feel it in me. And so we get to where we're supposed to, you know, we get back to Houston, then we fly to Phoenix. And I'm in a position where I'm thinking, after that experience, that was tough. And so I, I flew, you know, times after that. But I, I went to um, South Africa and went through the same exact feeling. And this thing tried to latch on to me and just put total fear in my life, to where I felt everything in my body change. I felt I felt like I couldn't breathe. I felt I, I I was going through like like an attack, only because in my head I thought about that trip that happened years before. I've flown so many times after that, but how that thought entered my mind, and I was on a way for ministry, and so. I'm just feeling all this, and I'm like going, oh, my gosh. And I can feel me tense up, and I'm thinking, and we're going through the bounces, and I, I look out, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking back at the wing, and I see it bouncing, and it was, it was starting to freak me out. And all of a sudden, I went, stop it. What are you doing? But This isn't what you know. And so I started telling myself, what do you know? And I realized, well, I know I have authority. And I know that I'm going to a place for Jesus. So no matter the storm that's going on, and instantly my thought was, is Peter and the boat and all that. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to start quoting scriptures. I'm not going to start memorizing. I'm not going to start trying to show that this storm or this fear or this anxiety is I, I have scripture, so... I started using my authority and I said, stop it. You're not going to do this. And I take authority over this and I say, stop it now. And it went, doo, 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 doo. I said, I don't think you he heard me. I said, stop it. And I'm not speaking quietly. People have looked over at me like, who are you talking to? And I said, stop it now. And you know what? It stopped. And there was not one bump from that point on to South Africa. And I thought, you know what? I'll never forget this time. And it's happened a couple more times while I've flown and I've done the same exact thing. I said, stop it. You're not gonna do this. Stop it. And my expectation is just that. Now, every time after I've said it, it continued to bump. But once I got to that place where it's like, I could care less what you're doing. I said, stop. And it all smooths out. Now, could it all smooth out once you get past? Certainly it can. But see that my thoughts aren't in the natural. My thoughts are, what is my authority? My authority is I don't want this. I don't need this. And I want it to stop. Not because I was scared or fearful, but I knew what it was trying to do, and so that was that part of an experience. The second thing is, is one first time in my life, first time ever, house got broken into. And after getting to the house and seeing things stolen, door open, broken, you feel violated. Anybody have that happen before? I mean, it's you feel violated. Because you know someone's been in your house. And so I'm in this feeling of I'm engaged like, you know, you can't do anything about it because they're no around. You know, you're you're hoping someone's standing around that, you know, was stealing something from you so you can take it out on them. But the point is, is it's it's a terrible feeling, but after that, I noticed something happened to me in noises in lights, in, in anything, sounds, I was like, what is that, what is that? Did I lock the door? I'd have to get up and lock the door. And i telling you, sleeping and waking up, I'm going, did I lock the door? Did I lock the door? I don't remember locking the door. And then I locked the door leaving and driving to church and think, did I lock the door? I don't remember, and I'd turn around and the door was locked. And this was just, it was like, in my heart, in my whole body, I was experiencing this traumatic, traumatic feeling like this was happening now. Until I got to the place where this is crazy. And it didn't lasted for like a week. And I said, this is crazy. You're going to lock the door. And if you feel like you didn't lock the door, I don't care. If it's locked or unlocked, you're going. You're going to church and you're going to come back. Sounds. You've heard sounds all the time. This isn't even you. You're not, even, you're not afraid of anything. You're not. You don't do this. And I realized everything that was happening to me was not normal to who I was. And so I had to take authority of that. And I took authority of it by saying, that's it. Stop it. And I didn't react. I just did what I do. And that is I'm sleeping. This isn't going to bother me. This is going to affect me. The third time is when I talk about the story of when uh, the enemy had a trap set for me. And I was early in my Christian walk. And how uh, a friend of mine moved back into state. And I'm a new Christian. And I got hooked up with him again. But started going the wrong direction instead of the right direction. I started drinking, partying, doing all kinds of bad things. And I lived in apartments and I wanted everybody to Jesus around me. Everybody, everybody in the, in the apartment units around me, I led to Jesus. And here I am now in a position where I'm not living for Jesus anymore. So I've got everybody and their brother going, Hey, what's wrong with you? What happened? My parents, I got everybody going, come on, And I'm living a life that's opposite of what has been setting me free. Each night I would go to bed and be tormented by a spirit, whatever. And it would produce so much fear and anxiety in my life. I'd go to bed and I knew, I knew in the middle of the night, I'm going to be woken up by this thing. And it's, and it's, I'm going to be scared. And I remember going through this thing where it would just continually say, you're not going to die. God hates you. God hates you. Your life's over with. God hates you. And I'd hear this, and I don't know if I'm hearing a voice or not, but I was hearing whatever it was that kept speaking to me. And I would just sit there and cry and go, oh my gosh, maybe it's the drugs. I don't know what it was, you know? And I'm going through this whole thing. And this whole process lasted for for a few weeks until I got my heart in the right condition with Jesus. And at that point, it stopped. It wasn't I had to say anything the next night. It wasn't that I had to wait till whatever it was come back and then I had to say something. No, it totally 100% never came back after I went back to Jesus and got reconnected to the faith that I started. Those three areas gave me help in helping others that go through difficult situations in their life, and I've used the wisdom that God has given me to help people in so many different traumatic experiences, circumstances, situations, to where there wasn't really answers of how to get free, and God would give me this wisdom, but also from my experience, I had this compassion within me to want people free. Because I understood the bondage, that fear and anxiety, that that these different things that we can have happen in our lives control us and steal life from us. And if you look up anything, anything in the area of, of medicine, medical science, you'll see that anxiety, fear, worry, doubt, all of it physically, physically breaks your body down. You never become healthy. You become sicker and sicker and sicker. Now, let me ask you something. Have you ever went anywhere in your life? I don't care. Grocery store, mall, someone else's house, and someone sneezed fear on you? Coughed anxiety. You you ate something that was drugged with worry. Anybody? No. Isn't that interesting? So this dangerous thing that happens in so many people's lives, many Christians' lives, isn't a natural sickness or disease. But it's causing the same effects as a natural sickness or disease. And what does that mean? That means that this mind, in its belief, can cause your body to react in a way that actually is a lie. In other words, whatever that is operating here is this oppression, this lie, this deceit that literally is causing your body to believe it's true. And in that truth, what happens? your body starts doing what it does anytime it has anxiety. It starts breaking down. So would you not think, would you not believe that this is something that we need to have empowerment over? We need to know how to have victory over this because it happens. Everybody in here has gone through something. Something that has caused this trauma, something that has caused, maybe some of you are going through panic or anxiety. I mean, there's two different types there's anxiety attacks and there's panic attacks. Anxiety attacks are things that, that can last for, for hours, days, a day, weeks. Panic attacks are those that literally come on you, and the height of that attack is probably like 10 minutes. The length of it usually goes 15, 20 minutes, and that is. But in that panic attack, it feels like you're dying. Now, the panic attack or the anxiety attack in itself can't harm you. Isn't that interesting? It can't harm you. It's what we're doing here. So what that tells me is, 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 well, let's go this way too. Two areas of treatment for both of them. Psychiatry and what? Drugs. Now think about that. The drugs that are used for this is specifically to affect how your mind thinks. An antidepressant, it's affecting chemicals in your brain. Chemicals that work toward the area of emotion. So all it is is affecting the mind in its ability to process. Now, think about that. Psychiatry, and this is is so simple in this area, is, is they go back to the area of thought, what causes this, and starts telling you that it's not that bad a thought. This thought should not create this. Ultimately, that's all they're doing. They're taking you back to this and saying, now see, this is the thought, this is the issue, now you know, and you're bigger than that, except with scientific language. But that's all they're doing to get you to do what? To believe. To believe what? To believe that, yeah. Now, some people can be quick, some people might take years, something, it all depends. But the point is that that's all psychiatrists and psychologists are doing. Taking to the back of the place in your past to try to fix your future, which they can't. All they have to do is get you to believe something different. The other thing, there is no stopping point. It's a continuation. So you're relying on a drug, a chemical, to affect your process of what? thought. Isn't that interesting? So what are we talking about? We're talking about the mind. We're talking about belief. That's all we're doing. So when it comes down to your life, my life, we're empowered with what? We're empowered with knowledge. 2 Corinthians 5, 6, this is just a, a short scripture that gives the truth in what we're doing. Therefore, we're always confident knowing. Therefore, we're always confident knowing. So I'm going to build confidence, which the Greek word literally it means boldness, courageous, courage. I'm going to build courage and boldness in your life by giving you the information that's going to give you the knowledge that will set you free. Because this knowledge is going to, again, build this boldness within your life to overcome the lie. Not the truth, the lie. Remember, there's the natural truth and then there's ultimate truth. There's God's truth. There's the world's truth. There's your truth tied to your past, your upbringing, your experiences, your failures, your faults the things that we deal with on a day-to-day basis until we renew our mind, we still deal with different issues from our past, from our, our upbringing, from our childhood. We're still dealing with stuff. But if you don't renew the mind, you continue down this struggle. And this is what the enemy knows. So we have to have the information to be set free. This is what sets us free right here. Prayer isn't going to do it. If you think so, you, you, I might as well get rid of all these scriptures because we don't need it. Let's just pray. Do you hear what I'm saying? You want to know the truth, to be set free. And this is how you do it right here. Having full knowledge, that understanding brings boldness in life. Now, in, in the Greek language, there's all kinds of words for knowledge. Most common word that we talk about is gnosko. And gnosko is the process of learning. It, it's like stating, uh, um, I, I am learning about, or I've, I'm coming to understand. That's gnosko. But this, this word right here, where it says, therefore, we're always confident knowing, is, is, is the Greek word oida, Voida means full knowledge or complete complete understanding, this perception of, I get it. This is what we need to get to in a relationship with Jesus where I know. I know Jesus. I know Jesus. Does that mean I have every understanding of him? No. But what it means is, is I am in a position to where I know him that if something is off a little bit, it doesn't matter because I know Him in this area, so this information I can come to know, or I can eliminate. See, this is where I'm at right now. I know Jesus is my healer. Okay, I know. So what I'm now is, as I've told you, where I'm at in this knowledge. It's not gnosko where I'm learning. I'm learning the Scripture and I'm learning the teaching to where I can get to where, yeah, he is my healer. Right now, I got emotional, he's my healer. Right now, I got a feeling he's my healer, but I'm going to come to know he's my healer. Me, I'm at the place now, in my walk, where I know. So now, if there's information that's contrary to that, that even sounds spiritual, but it doesn't line up with, I know he's my healer, I'm not affected by it. It's not gonna drag me off. Now, like I said, can I learn more? Certainly. But I know Jesus is my healer. I know Jesus is my provider. I know these things. Now, did it happen overnight? No, no, no. Gnosko. I had to grow and come to the knowledge of, the process. So what I want you to understand is, is we need to get to the place where I know But also understand that I need understanding in some areas. So we're not thinking that, well, to get to full knowledge, it's going to take a long time. No, we're not talking about getting to full knowledge right now. We're talking about getting to a place where, you know, I know God loves me. You know, when I said that when I didn't have complete understanding, but I got to the place where I become so convinced that he loved me, even though, even though I'm sure if I listened to some people that knew more scripture than I did, I'm talking years ago, they could probably start getting me to question it just based upon what they're saying. But what caused me or, or helped me to continue down the path of Oida was no, I know. I know. I don't have full understanding. I know. Now, a lot of you can experience that when you receive Jesus. Because you had no Bible understanding. You had no understanding of Scripture. And someone comes, how do you know? I just know. I pray, and I, I, Jesus is in my heart. Well, how do you know? Have you seen him? Have you heard him? You like, know, where's that in Scripture? And you're like, go on. Listen, I don't know that. I don't know where it's at. I just know what happened. I know what I did. Do you guys see what I'm saying? That's that knowledge. Isn't that cool? So you didn't have that information. You didn't have a bunch of knowledge, but you're able to stand secure in that. The only time you weren't is when someone that you thought was more spiritual, more intellectual on scripture started producing their doctrines. Well, if you're saved, you wouldn't be doing this. That's the number one thing that attacks new believers. The statement of if you're saved, you wouldn't do this. Do you know that is the biggest lie on planet Earth? If you're saved, you're probably going to do that. That's truth. The other thing is a big, fat, religious lie. Because salvation is by grace and has nothing to do with sins. It has to do with change of nature. You understand what I'm saying? Change of nature, not dealing with the product, sins, the fruit. Change of nature. Okay, let's move on. If you find yourself repeatedly attacked in different areas of your life, that you, and I'm not talking about waking up, you know, you make a mistake and you go, oh man, I'm so dumb. And then, you, you know, you've got to deal with the situation. I'm talking about if I'm so dumb is something that has affected your value. It's affected your personality, who you are. And now you're living a life based upon I'm a stupid person. And so you don't see life other than through the lenses that I'm a dummy. Are you guys hearing me? I'm not saying, oh, that was a dumb move. That's not, that's, not a, that's not this stronghold in your life. It's the area that causes you a feeling that's bondage. It's oppression. It's, it's destructive in your life and living life the way God has it for you. Those are areas that you need to look at. Another area is do you feel like you're a hostage up here in your mind in an area in your life? Where you feel like no matter what, you, you continually go back to this. You continually go back to this thought. You continue. There are people that deal with different issues in their life. There's pornography issues that people deal with that they're held hostage. I won't do it. I'll never do it again. I'll stop doing it. And they can go for days or weeks, whatever. I'm right back into it. That is a stronghold. It's alcohol. It's drugs. Overeating, caffeine. I know those two we don't want to talk about. Let's just move those aside. <laughs> no, we don't. We, we want to talk about, you know, the, the big ones, not the ones that are really controlling my life. Hey, y'all know I don't play games. I want you free, period. You know why we did it? Do you guys understand? Do you, do you have, wait, a knowledge of why I do fit for life here? I can tell you what I don't do it for. Just so you can have 21 days of Fit for Life. Don't do it all for that at all. Now, you've, if you haven't heard me say this, you can hear me right now. I don't do Fit for Life to do Fit for Life for 21 days. I don't. I, this is my God honest truth. I don't do it for that purpose. I do it for your life to go beyond 22 with some change. That's the only reason why I do it. Some of you are going through Fit for Life and now you've incorporated some areas, maybe not all, but some areas that have brought change in how you view exercise, food, even your spiritual walk. Right. OK, so th- so that's why I do it. And then there's some of you, 21 days, you know, you're eating your 20 enchiladas and two pizzas right after that and because you're done with it. And guess what? You go right right exactly back to the first day of Fit for Life. In other words, it didn't do anything. It gave you the ability to experience something that, if you were faithful in it, that you're not used to and you saw how hard it is. But the whole mindset is, is I'm going to get done with the 21 days. And I'm telling you right now, I don't do any of this stuff for specifically 21 days. I do it for 22 That's the the reason why we do it. That's the only reason. Now, you've heard my testimony. Mine and Pastor Lau's. This didn't happen overnight. It took a process of time. And through the years, we got knowledge and information and started putting this slowly into our lives. Sometimes not seeing the negative, sometimes not seeing it, but because we are on a journey of becoming healthy, our bodies started talking to us. I've just got a revelation this morning in an area of my body. Paschalau brought home these little, what are they called? They're fruit-filled pastry things. You get it, sprouts. I can't eat one. They're like Lay's potato chips. And she brought, and and this happened a while back when she brought these, because she usually gets them for her meetings. So they were in the house, and I chowed down on those things. I love those things. And I got two big old pimples. So I blew it off. But I noticed that I wasn't like, wasn't feeling good about the way I used to feel good about chowing those things down. She brought them home the other day. Thank God for makeup, women. Because I got one big old zit on this nose that I'm not proud of. But what did I learn that literally stopped me from going and eating those things? Is, Is that my body was saying, we don't like those anymore. We don't. And you know, instead of me going, <laughs> you take away all my fun, and I love to taste those, and I want those. I'm at a place in my life where I'm like going, no, we don't. We don't need those. So I think there's three left. If anybody wants them, I'll bring them to <laughs> church. I mean, I literally, I, I, before I would get up and going, man, that would be good. You know, get, get a little latte or something, eat that with it. I had no desire whatsoever. And again, it's my body saying, we don't do that. We don't do that. And see, what am I saying? I'm saying it's, it's a process of instruction. It's a process of learning. Now, th- See, you can get truth and information. You can get science. But sometimes it isn't going to equate to where you're at right now in your life. I, I was talking to Tim, and I've I've talked to you know a couple people about this, but what I've learned is is in, in for instance like working out. I, I watch a certain a couple guys that that I'm learning a lot from as far as muscle building, and they use they've used the term a couple times called bro science. Have you ever heard of bro science? Anybody in here? No one's ever heard of bro science? Okay, a couple of you. All right, now bro science is pure science. And the reason why it's so important to understand this is is it literally is a position where science says you work out this way. This is how you do it. Bro science says, well, you might do it that way, but I have an injury. Or you might do it that way, but I'm a little weaker in this way. And what it does, it brings your body to a place of it might say, I need to do this range. But right now, I need to just do this range. And bro science helps you get out of legalism because people will do that. They don't believe they'll get full benefit because I'm not following science. Do you hear what I'm saying? And so that's pretty much what bro science is. And that's literally a statement of what being a follower of Jesus is Is because we're not all on the same journey. We're going the same direction, but we're not all on the same journey. And there are times when, man, you're running down that path. You pass me by. But there are other times where you're sitting down on the side of the road going, <laughs> and I go walking by. That's not because you failed. It's because you're at a time in your life where you need to rest. You're at a time in your life where the journey ain't the same thing. I mean, I've been where, you know, I've got all the energy in the world and everything else, and all of a sudden you get a baby. It starts changing you. And then you get two and some of you like freaks, four, five, six, you know, but the point is, you know, not freaks, you know, you're trying, you're not freaks, you know, you're helping build the church. It's a good thing. But what I mean is it affects you. It affects you. And it's, it's not a negative. It just affects you. So you have different areas and, and babies, believe me, babies compared to teens Baby. Remember the time? I don't know some of you are still there. But remember the time of babies? Even going to the store was difficult. It's not like y'all get in the car. You got to carry them in the car and strollers and diaper bags. And I mean, it's like, it's a vacation to go to the mall. You know, you got to have suitcases. I mean, really it's, 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 it's different, isn't it? But see, that's a different time of life. And you, and you understand that. Well, See, Christians don't, because they become super spiritual. And they're all looking at each other like, you know, you need to be holy like I am. No, we need to be like who I am, not who you are. Because everybody can play the Christianese in church. Let me hang around you 24-7 for a week, and then we'll find out if I want to be like you. And y'all know, you're like going, Nah, we don't need that. Exactly. Everybody. We all be doing nothing, nope, nothing, nope, nothing. Nope. We ain't doing that. But see, in church, yeah, hallelujah. In Chinese, you know, Christianese, you know, like, going, oh, yeah, I'm so holy. Don't, don't fall for that. Be wiser than that. Even in conversation, people can sound so loving and, and have ulterior motives. I've seen it. I've seen people do lovey-dovey, and then you know they're 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 with you another day, and they're going, "Hey, I, I, can you can I borrow money? Why don't you need? Hey, oh, five thousand? Like what? <laughs> I need to borrow five thousand. <laughs> but you guys understand what I'm saying. In other words, don't, don't 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 be deceived by that kind of stuff. Love everyone. Expect the best, of everyone. But don't be conned. Don't be conned. The only time you really know someone is if you're around them all the time. That's the only time. Y'all got that? Okay, that was a freebie. Moving right along. We experience the enemy's attacks. We experience the different things where he's trying to get control over us. Remember, he can't make you choose. In other words, he can't, he can't affect decisions in, in the way of you're going to make decisions based upon I'm telling you to make it. He can only affect it by thoughts that can break you down to make decisions according to what you believe. you guys follow me on that? What you believe. What you what? What you believe. So it has to be information. Remember, Scripture makes it clear that the words that go forth are seeds that land on ground. Everybody say land on ground. Always see your heart that way. You want to go to the next level in your life, in your walk, in life in general, look at the heart as ground, nothing else but ground. And that means that seeds are supposed to do what? Be planted. But we all know that different grounds produce differently, correct? All right. So by understanding that, know this, that your harvest in life is based upon the seed being planted and how you take care of that ground to be able to either have harvest or not. Now, the enemy is shooting words. Remember the word devil? Now he's trying to penetrate. He's trying to find the weakness in your your heart, in your mind, to where you're going to accept it. It's not hard for the enemy to find your weakness. We're very loud with our weakness. Amen? Everybody got that? I mean, you not only know it, but you're telling your neighbor, you're telling your mama, you're telling everybody. You're talking about, yeah, I'm just such a loser. I can't believe myself. I'm no good. I don't know why I even try. And it's like the devil's like going, shut up. You talk too much. I already know. But see, that's what we do. We reveal. We reveal. We reveal. We reveal. He sees, he, he watches. Now, when I say he, I don't mean Satan himself. I'm talking about the enemy. So when I talk about Satan, devil, we're not talking about one person. We're talking about the horde. I mean, demons, devils. I mean, they're all over the place, everywhere. There, there's, remember, the angels were innumerable. We'll take through two thirds, it's still innumerable, okay? So it's not like there's you know, only 20 in the whole world. They're all over the place. So in understanding that, you realize, okay, so in the attack of the enemy, he's trying to find a weakness. My place as a follower, my place as a, as, a, as, a, as a human being is not to give place. Don't give him any ground. None. Why? Because he's not my God. He's not my king. He's not my authority. So why am I giving him that power over my life? Y'all need to hear this because I'm telling you. You think, well, I just need to not listen to that demonic voice. No, you need to stop listening to people's. There are some people's voices that are being used to the enemy, and you think they have to be ex-satanists to be that way. No, was not Peter one of Jesus's top top disciples? Did he not? Tell Jesus, you don't have to go to the cross. And Jesus did what? Gaete, Peter. Now, what did he do? He said, Get behind me, Satan. He talked straight to the devil. And Peter's voice was being used. Peter wasn't demon possessed, he got a thought. How did he get that thought? Because his thought was this. I'll die for it. You don't have to do anything. I'll take care of it for you. I'm number one in your life. There's no one more loving than me for you. And the enemy's like going, oh, I got this. Tell him he doesn't do it. You got his back. Tell him. Tell him you love him so much. So you think the devil has to go, nah, it's the devil. That's Christ. No, he's smart. He's going to sound spiritual. You know, I'd like to talk about something about church. It's only because I love church. Man, run away. Run away. Unless they say, unless you say, out of being a man or woman of wisdom, are we talking about something about you personally? Well, no, then say, no, I don't want to hear your poo-poo. But they won't be my friend no more. You don't need friends like that. They're living with the devil. Why would you want them in your house? I don't care who it is. I if not it's your husband or wife. If they're going to talk that way, you shut the door. Well, that wouldn't be right. Oh, Jesus wasn't right in telling Peter? That wasn't love? You think Jesus doesn't operate on love? Out of love, you're going to say, get behind me, Satan. No, you're not going to say that to him. But you're going to, you know what I'm saying? Because you're not going to cross. And it isn't Satan but you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't go that way. Don't go that way. You're more valuable than that. Amen? More valuable than that. So how do you get free? Let's see, how do we get free from fear and anxiety? Did you know the Bible references being fear-free over a hundred times? being totally fear-free. It literally says, do not fear. Do not fear. Specifically, don't fear over 30 times. So what is the Bible trying to tell us? Don't fear. Don't have anxiety. Don't go there. Don't have it. Why? Because that is engagement of the enemy in your life. Has nothing to do with God at all. Nothing to do with it. Nothing. You might be dealing with the experience of what you would assume would be fear, and it's just a lack of knowledge, but you've already tagged it as fear. Be careful how you do that, because you can have, quote, fear of the unknown. It's not necessarily fear. It's just not having information can cause you to be hesitant, right? But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about fear, and y'all know the difference between the two, okay? So, the Bible says that we need to be free from fear. And that literally means oppression or being oppressed. Now, in the, in the Greek language, that's kata dunastuyo. Kata dunastuyo. It's a long word. But it's an interesting word on what oppression means because it literally means to cause torment in the mind. To cause torment in the mind. Acts says that Jesus came to deliver all who were oppressed that have caused torment in the mind of the devil. Jesus did what? He came to set us free from that oppression. What oppression? Do you have something that's causing torment in your mind? Now, that's what you need to answer that question. We don't need hands raised, but I want you free. I want to be free. I want freedom. And there are things in your life that are causing torment in your mind that we're going to be free from. Why? Because the scripture is going to give us that freedom. The knowledge is going to give us that freedom. Y'all ready for it? Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. We're all human, but we don't wage war as humans do. Verse four, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the world, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Are you guys seeing that? Mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Now, God says we have weapons that are empowered by God for a specific purpose. I like that. I like that God's word is saying, we have an issue here, and I'm giving you the ability to be free from this issue. This is so important to see because, like I said, everybody at some level can deal with this, and some are at extreme level to where something happened to you years ago, and you're still under bondage. You're oppressed by that. I get it. There are certain things that have my life just through the process of memory and thought where it causes weird feelings. It causes things until you're finally free from that by allowing yourself to say, you know what? That doesn't matter anymore. That's gone. That's old ways. You ever made a big mistake and it carried that mistake? Even though you had victory over it, you still have, oh man, that mistake was so bad. It cost me. It hurt me. And those are the things I'm talking about where it's not, that's not rational anymore. That's past. It's gone. You're living now. That happened in 1970, 1980, 1990, 2000, and you're still living as if it happened yesterday. That is a bondage. That's oppression. And God's going to get you free from it through the word of God. Are y'all ready for it? Okay, so the word stronghold is what we're going to p- really pay attention to. In the Hebrew, it's mat Matsud. Mat it is a fortress. Now, in the Hebrew, it establishes, you know, Scripture in Psalms, it says, God is my rock and my fortress. Okay, so the fortress in, in the picture of the Hebrew can be a place of defense, protection, but also the majority of statements on fortress are tied to the root meaning of stronghold, which is very interesting because it literally means a snare, a net, a cage, a prison. Huh. So here you have the word stronghold or a fortress And in context of what the scripture is saying, it can be literally a place where you're protected and defended with God. Come on, follow me. Or it can be a prison. You've been snared. You're a captive now. Same word, same word. Why is this important? Context, context. Pay attention to the context of scripture, if you want definition. My God is what? He's a fortress for me. What does that mean? He's a protector. I'm defended by Him. On the other hand, a fortress can be a prison that's happening right here. And that's what we're gonna be free from. Again, we're getting the information. The Greek word is akuromai, akuromomai. And that means exactly the same thing as the Hebrew word of stronghold, okay? Now, the devil, remember, he penetrates the mind with what? Lies. Not truth, with lies. He's just going to continue to try to penetrate with a lie. The lie being a thought which will produce in ground. If it gets down to ground, it will start doing what? It will start growing. That's when the growth brings maturity in what? The nature of the lie. Remember, the seed produces the nature. So the lie, whatever that seed is, once it hits ground and has the ability to grow, all seeds need water, correct? So the watering is based upon your words. So you will literally grow the seed of a lie or you'll go grow the seed of truth. But it's going to be one or the other. You're going to grow from seeds being planted. That's how we're created. Now look at this. The devil penetrates. He's trying to establish beliefs in your life. Information that will cause you to change direction. That's why when Jesus comes, and remember when he came on this earth, he said, repent. He didn't never said sin. You'll never see it. He said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. What was he saying? He's saying it's time to change direction from the kingdom of the enemy to the kingdom of God. Turn and change direction, which I'm gonna be teaching um, uh, specifically on what the Bible teaches on repent. There are certain, uh, certain types of subjects that I haven't taught in years And it's my bad, but the point is, is there are certain subjects that I need to teach on that are elementary teachings, and I can say right now, none of you have the understanding of them, and again, I need to fix that. I need to rectify that so you can have the understanding, and I'm going to be doing something special that is called next level, and the next level is for specifically that kind of instruction, that kind of teaching. I can't do it in this format. Starting the church, I had training of my leadership before we opened the church. And in the church, I had a Bible school. So I had all the time to be, not time, I had hardly any time, but this is what I was doing. And so I had the ability to really instruct in all kinds of areas, doctrines of scripture. But it's been years for that, and the time or my choice or decisions haven't been related to that. It's been in growing a church, teaching, but these are areas that I need to start going, okay, my leaders and my church, my people that are doing things in the church, they need to have foundation. But again, it's not a Sunday thing. So it'll be on a Saturday, and it'll go like 9 to 12, and you bring your own sack lunch or whatever. But uh, no, and it'll be, you know, I'll have it, and I'll literally, I'm gonna teach you like a, Bible school, no tests, but ability to understand exactly things that you should already know. Already know. And so that's going to be coming up. Just want to let you guys know that. That's exciting stuff, is it not? So Ephesians 6.11 says this, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to, that you may be what? Able to do something. That you may be able to do, stand against the wiles, we know that means method, right? Stand against the direction of the enemy's attacks. He operates on a road. The, the wiles of the devil, Diabolos, we already know the, the breakdown of that. And that's the, the, the throwing to penetrate a, a, a membrane, just a continuing throwing to enter into, all right? Ephesians 6, 16 says this. This is 16. We read verse 11. Now we go down to 16 because it says this. Above all. Everybody say above all. Okay, it's gonna say something after it talked about the different weapons of our armor, helmet, breastplate of righteousness, uh, loin of truth, feet shy with preparation of peace. So it goes through this whole thing, but then it says above all. Above all, and that literally means the most important position of understanding this picture of a soldier in the kingdom of God is up in front before anything else is a shield of faith. Now I find that interesting because usually you're going to go down the level of teaching, but he said above all, and that means get this out front first, get it out front first, which is very cool because ultimately The shield of faith, the Greek word shield literally means a large door or a massive stone that's placed in front of a cave. So in other words, the picture of a shield is never this little tiny thing. You know, I got this little shield. It's a massive shield that covers the whole body. Now, it says, above all, taking the shield of faith. The shield of what? Confident expectation. See? Taking confident expectation as a big old door in front of you. That big old door of confident expectation, what is it going to do? It says, with which you'll be able, that word able is empowered, you'll be empowered to quench, which means to put out a fire, power to quench all, everybody say all. And then he says, fiery darts of the wicked one. That you'd be able to do what? Quench what? Fiery darts. Isn't that interesting? How how Paul is relaying this information to us and giving the picture of what's happening. He said this, you put this big old confident expectation in front of you, it's going to stop, quench, put the fire out of the enemy's what? Darts. You know what the Greek word for darts? Look at this. The Greek word for darts is... You know what the root word is? Balo. Another part of the devil, remember? And that is showing us that those fiery darts are what we're talking about in the name devil. The fiery darts are. His lies, his deception, his, oh, you can't do that. You'll never be. Oh, remember last week? Remember a month ago? And that's what, what? Those are the fiery darts. How do I combat that? Because see, aren't we asking, what do we do to have victory? What do we do to overcome? What do we do to stop this onslaught of these lies and the deception? The shield of faith. Faith is the substance of confident expectation. This confident expectation, this L piece of hope is the place of a stance of a soldier that recognizes that he he is equipped, she is equipped to win. Because did not God say, I've given you the empowerment to win over the enemy. Now, How is this going to stop the darts? How is this literally going to stop the darts? What did I start by? Knowledge. I know. Where's the enemy attacking? Here. What does I know do? It stops the fiery darts. It doesn't stop them from being thrown. It stops them from what? What? creating a fire. It quenches. It stops what? It stops the thing that's trying to burn you, hurt you, send you, scar you. And it starts by what? By you recognizing that this is what God's given me to stop that. So, how do I win? How do I have victory in this area? Second Corinthians 10:4, speaking in military terms, says, mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Pulling down is an aggressive term. It literally means to demolish, to destroy, to dismantle. It means total destruction. Well, think about who he's talking to. He's talking to you. Christian. Come on. He's talking to you, follower Jesus. He's saying, we are to get aggressive. With what's happening up here, not passive, aggressive, because the enemy don't play fair. He doesn't play fair. Expect, expect him to cheat, expect him to try to sucker punch you. And so when you're going in life, you're not going in all passive and naive. You're walking in life with an attitude. Oh, I'm not placing my mindset on the enemy. I'm not giving him time or place. And that's the wrong way of instruction and believing that we got to talk to the enemy all the time. No, you don't. The only time I see where the communication to the communication of the enemy is in scripture reference. In other words, when the devil comes in with the scripture, you can come in with another scripture. In other words, the the contest is different than an oppressive lying attack. This is the problem. We're putting our energy or our focus in the attack, which the enemy knows we do that. But he also knows we don't have oida. He does. He knows more scripture, more word than we do. Now think about that, think about what you would do. I would rather you run in circles with me about something you think you know and spend all day just talking to me about it than for you to have victory. And that's the deception of the enemy. That's what he does. We think that the devil is just gonna, he's kill, steal and destroy and he just wants you to drop dead tomorrow. He would, but if he can get you so convinced, so focused in on the attack and the war, you don't have to do anything else but have you spinning your wheels concerning your scriptural memorization or your belief of "I just combat with the word of God." Jesus didn't combat with the word of God; he combat in his faith. He believed. He didn't speak scripture that it was the supernatural effect of attack. He spoke belief. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's the belief not the scripture that is powered, the belief. Listen, if I want to stand in faith and live a life in empowerment, I gotta know that God wants me healed. I don't need to know where it's at. I don't need to know what scripture, I don't need to know it if James said it or Paul said it. I just need to know, is it in the Bible? Was I taught it's in the Bible? Now there's a lot of religious people don't like hearing this, but they don't know the history of scripture. No Bibles were written for hundreds of years. And all of a sudden, because we have a Bible, we're more empowered. No, that church was more empowered. We know people with millions of scriptures memorized, and they'll they'll deny Christ at lunch with their friend. Back then, all they had was the reading. And then from another person that was by the reading that said, hey, this is what it said, this is what Paul told us. And then they had to believe. What did they have to believe for? They had to believe for that word to overcome the friend that's now being crucified or hung on a cross or burnt alive or being burned in oil and for them to say, no, I still believe in Jesus. Believe me, the church back then compared to now, there's no real comparison. They didn't have Bibles everywhere. So what gave them the ability? What Jesus said can you believe? He didn't say, can you believe the whole Bible? He said, can you believe? All things are possible to those who believe. Now, thank God we have a scripture. Thank God we have a Bible. Thank God we can study it. But don't place power in this that the Bible doesn't attest to. Because that's where you get off. It's believe this. Jesus never said, if you can hear my words and memorize them and use them, you'll be, you'll be successful. No, he said, if you can hear my words and put it to work, how do you put his word to work? You believe it. You act like it's true. You act like it's true. So many times when we get an attack, we're too focused in on the attack. We think we have to go hand-to-hand combat. No, that's the weapons of our warfare are not carnal hand-to-hand combat. They're mighty through God for the pulling down of these fortresses, prisons in our life. How do I have that thing torn down? I learn how to battle. The battle isn't getting me focused in mouth-to-mouth, scripture-to-scripture, bleed to bleed No, mine is to be in the position of going, you know what? Jesus said, no fear, fear not. So if the enemy comes in, wh- wh- where is my empowerment? Talking to him or walking past him? You come up me and challenge me and talk to me with a lie or deception, and I have to try to con- talk to you and convince or talk, I'm not in victory but the empowerment is for me to hear that and go, yeah, whatever. I already know. I know the truth. Do you see what I'm saying? So what's happened is, is I'm not allowing anything. Remember, how do I get affected? By hearing. If I'm allowing the conversation to go on, it can go on to a place where I don't have an answer. Remember, I said I, yeah, there are times when we're going to go. Times we're learning. So we're like, going, uh, whoa. oh, man, that's a. Uh, Wow, I didn't know that one. And all of a sudden, the enemy's like going, see? God didn't say you have to eat it. God didn't say you're gonna die. Come on. Is that that his exact words? And he was like going, I don't know. I think so. Looking back at Adam, how it's like going, don't bring me on this, which he should have instantly. All I'm saying is, is to get victory, we have to go beyond how we deal with normal, natural fights. we got to get to the place of what literally means victory in the kingdom. It's my ability to believe and to stand on that belief strong. My resistance isn't, no, the word of God says, by the stripes of Jesus, I'll healed. That's not resistance. Do you see what I'm saying? No, my belief is the enemy comes in and says, you aren't healed. And my attitude is, <laughs> a loser. And just keep on going. I don't know. What? Do you honestly believe the Bible says to convince the devil of scripture? What are we doing? We're trying to actually convince ourselves. Trying to believe. I might not know the whole thing, but I know that the Bible says, God loves me. God's, God's fed up with you. And it's like, <laughs> whatever, he loves me. Wake up all scared, going through a problem at work, going through a problem in your home. Always remember scripture that you're learning. And that information is going to give you confidence and boldness. Not that you know everything, but you know that scripture's there. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You might not completely understand that. You might not completely know the fullness of that statement, but the statement is true. You're an overcomer. You, you will have victory, but can you believe it? And then when the enemy comes in, it's like, you know what? I think I'm going to keep going this journey of God's word. I'm going to pass you by, boy. Pass you by. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you for the truth, the word of God. We believe the word of God, and we believe this empowerment is for us to live. And as we are focused in on your word, we are going to break down strongholds in our life. We recognize them, and we're gonna pull them down. How do we pull them down? By believing what your word says above and beyond this prison we're in. We win by Not going through a process of a long deconstruction period. We go through a process of total annihilation and we annihilate by our belief in the word of God. Whatever it is in your life that has opened the door or the enemies got in with those lies, it's time to destroy. It's time to wipe out. And when the enemy tries to come in with his lies and deception, you throw up the door of confident expectation. And you continue to walk your life with sureness, security, boldness, and confidence in knowing that God loves you, he's for you, and he'll never leave you, and he won't forsake you. And we thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. All right, y'all. Love you guys. Victory's ours, right?